Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. I'm really excited this morning uh, because uh, I'm, I'm starting a new series, and the series is uh, Walking in the Miraculous. And so uh, for the last few weeks, I have been uh, just studying and just uh, meditating and praying and really, really excited about this series. How many here uh, would say they need a miracle? How many here, raise your hand if you need a miracle. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Raise your hand if you've had a miracle in your life before. Raise your hand. Wow, almost the same people need a miracle, had a miracle. That's <laughs> what the heck's going on here, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I want to just, I'm going to be talking about miracles, but more than just talking about miracles, I really want us to begin to pray for each other for miracles to happen. You know, a friend of mine, she, she said that, like, for, uh, you know, for a while, she used to come to Sunday morning gatherings, and she always knew, like she always said, I always knew that God, like Jesus was walking in with me, he was next to me, you know, and she said, every week I'd come in, and I just could tell that he was walking with me, until one week I walked in, and, 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 and I noticed he wasn't by my side anymore, he was inside of me. If you have Jesus Christ inside, if you said Jesus come in, he, he, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would open the door, I will come into them and sup with them and them with me. Meaning, I'll come and I will live inside of you. Jesus said in John chapter 17 that he said, we, the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, will make his home in you or in me, whoever receives him. So you have the power of the Holy Spirit, the creator of the universe, lives inside of you. Can I get an amen? amen. And, and, and I, I, we need to remember that. Now, I'm on low, so if I lose my notes, who knows where I'm going to go, just so you know. But, um, you know, when he lives inside of us, that means that, that God can work through you and through me to do miracles. I believe that's what he wants. Can I get an Amen. Some of you know that. Some of you are not sure yet. I remember when I first uh, became a believer, um, I was a dancer. I danced ballet and jazz. And, uh, you know, I actually had a lot of fun. After I became a Christian, I learned you cannot do jazz and be a Christian. At least a man, because they're all running around in tights. And you just have to get out of there as a young man. You just can't stay there, you know. <laughs> but... Um, I remember I had just, just like, I was only a few month old Christian and I was actually getting ready for a performance. We were actually going to, you know, do a performance uh, and we were going to do a, some jazz, a jazz performance for people. And uh, one of our main dancers uh, had danced too much and she had what they call shin splints. Now, if you don't know what shin splints are, they're actually, your, 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 bone here is actually fractured throughout the whole thing and it just really hurts just to walk and we had five nights of performances coming up and she couldn't walk and you know I was just I was just dumb you know I was just dumb and I just looked at her and I said you know I said God said he can heal I mean I was very young Christian just a brand new believer I said God said that we could he he can heal do you want me to pray for you and she said yeah and I didn't pray anything fancy. I just reached over and said, God, I pray that she can dance and, and bless people when she dances. And she danced the next five nights. She was totally and completely healed 
And uh, it wasn't me. I mean, I can't do that. If you know, I, I mentioned it uh, last week, I think it was, the week before, Pastor Jessica brought her team to a, a school and a, a blind person walked in and walked out seeing. I mean, she can't do that. She doesn't have the power, but God does, amen? And God has the power to do miracles. And, and I want to talk about walking in miracles, how to walk in the miraculous, okay? So today, uh, so when I did that, I asked God, I said, okay, where, where do you want us to go? Because I like, I like the Bible. I happen to like the Bible. I think it's a pretty good book. Um, I think you should read it. Uh, <laughs> it's not a bad book to go to. Uh, and so I said, God, where, where in the Bible do you want me to kind of come out of if you want me to, you know, on this series? And he led me to 1 Samuel chapter 4, five, six, and seven. And so that's what we're going to be talking about throughout the, the next month. And today is kind of just like a, a prep or a pre-stuff for that. And so I'll, let me just jump into it. First thing I want to say is let's just start right at the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you know, when you create something, like let's say you build a house. If you built a house, you would feel quite comfortable in that house. You would walk in that house and you'd say, wow, this is mine. So I just want to say right off the bat, right at, right at the beginning here, I want you to know that God is as comfortable on earth as he is in heaven. I know oftentimes we worship like, and we look up and we kind of imagine or think about God being up, you know, and so we have to kind of like go up to heaven kind of thought. And, and, and we kind of have that thought. But let me tell you that God is, is, is everywhere. His spirit is here on earth. He's comfortable being here. And his spirit is among us. His spirit is in us. He is all around us. And so basically when you come to worship, when you come to, uh, uh, when you come to worship, the idea is not so much to go up, not even go out. The idea is to connect to his spirit who is already here, who his spirit who is already inside of you. That's why sometimes you'll, you know, the song will go out, you know. I always say it this way, God is not in the song. It's not like the song is going to do anything. The song provides an opportunity for you to connect. And so sometimes you're, you're there and, and, and the guy next to you is like, wow, you know, he's so connected and he's, he's like, He's like, can't you feel the Holy Spirit here? And you're like, what? You know, because sometimes you're connected and sometimes you're not. The goal, I would hope that your goal when you come on, on Sundays, not only that, I hope your goal uh, when, you come, when you wake up on Monday and your goal every day is to be connected. That's really the key because once you're connected, then things begin to happen. And so, you know, the Bible says in, in Psalms chapter 139, where can you go? If I go down to the deepest part of the sea, you are there. If I go to the highest part of the, uh, the mountain, you are there. You know, the, Acts, the books of Acts says, you know, in him we live and move and have our being. He is here. He is among us. He is all around you. Amen? Oh, yeah, I know. That's like, what, what's the big deal, you know? Okay. So I want to define what, what a miracle is before we, we, we go on, at least the way I would define it, so that when I say that word, you at least have an idea of what I'm thinking. And so I have a kind of a definition. A miracle is the Spirit of God coming into the natural realm 
to reveal the eternal. Let me say that again. A miracle is the Spirit of God, the supernatural God, coming into the natural world and revealing the eternal or revealing the kingdom of God. You have to remember that, that the, the, the spirit of God, he is eternal. And the kingdom of God is eternal. And so what's happening is God wants to come into the natural world. What we see, what we feel, what we experience in our physical realm. He wants to come into that realm. And he wants to reveal to you that guess what? There's more than just what you see and feel and hear. And so he reveals, hi Nina, how are you? Yes. By the way, I know that this is my granddaughter. You can have any of your two-year-old. I really am giving you this privilege. You don't have to bring your two-year-old in there during worship. Let them come in here. Let them run around. Let them be a part of what we're doing. I have absolutely no problem. We don't want them to be walking on the stage like she got away with today. But, um, you know, seriously, I would love to have more and more children a part of our worship and just feel like they can celebrate. And, you know, when they're dancing down here, I believe God's filled with joy because that's what it's all about. Anyways, I, I, so, so God wants to reveal himself into the, the, the physical realm so that you see that there is more than what you see. You're getting that. You're understanding that, right? And this is what God's, uh, God's uh, desire is. And so when you forget the eternal, when you forget the, the idea that there's a supernatural realm or an eternal realm, when you forget that, what you're left with is the temporary, the unredeemed. And you become short-sighted and you don't see. And so when God does a miracle, it's not so... And I'll explain that some more. So like when you, like for example, take, take Gideon for example. Gideon, you know, the angel of God comes to Gideon and says, mighty warrior. See, the, 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 the angel is seeing the eternal on and in and part of Gideon. But Gideon doesn't have the eternal in mind. Gideon doesn't have the understanding of the supernatural. He's like, me? I'm like nothing. Who am I? I I'm the least of the least. I, so he's not seeing what, he's not seeing the eternal, the spiritual world. And that's really what's happening. Like Moses, God reveals himself in the fire right? He's talking to Moses and he, you know, he says, Moses, through you, I can do all things. That's what he actually says. But he says, through you, I will deliver the Israelites. I'm going to use you. And Moses, not having the eternal in mind, not having the, 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 the idea of the, the, the spiritual world that exists all around him, in him, and, and God wants to use him. He's like, what? God, send someone else. I can't do that. You realize that when Moses said that, he basically, you know, it says that God got mad. It said he got a little angry. You know why? Moses was insulting him. God's like, I'm going to use you. You can't, God. He's like insulting God's power. He's insulting who God is. And so a lot of times when you're saying, I can't do what you're asking me to do, God. I can't do the supernatural. I can't pray for someone and they will get well. I can't do that, God. I'm a nobody. You're insulting God who said you can do it. Don't insult God. Just do it. By the way, when you pray for someone, I've said this before. When you pray for someone, guess what? You're giving God a problem. 
Not your problem. I mean, when you pray for someone who's blind and you say, God, please heal this person, you, you can't do it. And you're praying in the name of Jesus. You just gave God a problem. And you know what? God doesn't have a problem with that problem. I like giving God's problems. He never has problems with problems. You know, sorry, translators. I know that's probably a difficult thing to translate, but, you know, that's the truth. So the miracle is just God wants to reveal the nature of the kingdom of God. That's what he's trying to do when he does a miracle in your life. And so, so let's get into, I just want to kind of, I have to give you an overview of the chapter of 1 Samuel 4 through 7. I kind of have to give you just like the points. I really encourage you to read it like five times this week. Read it a bunch of times because we'll be in it all week. That way I don't have to keep explaining to you. You can go, I already know, you know. It's good. And wouldn't it be better that God reveals the truth to you than me have to tell you? Wouldn't it be good? Always better when you learn rather than someone tells you. So let me just give you an idea. So what's happening here in 1 Samuel? In chapter 4, basically the Israelites, are, they go into battle against the Philistines. And, uh, and what happens? They lose. I mean, they lose kind of drastically. Really sad. Uh, and so then they're like, why did we lose, God? Why did you make us lose? And then uh, they said, okay, let's get the ark and bring it out in front of us. And the ark will save us. And, and then they lose again. And not only do they lose, they lose the ark. So now the ark of God is lost. And, and, and they're like all depressed. And then, and then in chapter 5, it shows what kind of happens when the presence of God goes into the enemy camp. That's what happens. And so what happens is the ark, the, the Philistines bring the ark in and they bring it to their big god, Dagon, and they put the ark, and actually if you kind of had a picture, you know, Dagon was a lot bigger than the ark, you know. So you got this big god here and, you know, this, this, this ark of the covenant there and they, they put it up there. And that's kind of a show of victory, you know, and triumph that our God beat your God. And yet they wake up the next morning and, the, and Dagon is destroyed. And then actually they come the next morning and he's even wiped out even worse. And then God's presence breaks out into the enemy camp and there's, there's tumors and, and all kinds of problems and in, in disease. And finally they go, ah, you know, we just got to give the ark back to the Israelites. We got to get God's presence out of our, you know, thing. And so they give the ark back to uh, the, the Israelites and then they go, the Israelites go into battle again with the Philistines and they win. See, God just brought them full circle. They had failure, 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 bunch of, and then basically they're back and then they have victory and they have victory, uh, could I say it this way, God's way. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. As a matter of fact, I really just want to give you one truth. If you get this truth, I believe uh, it will help you. So I'm going to tell you that truth in a little while. So what we're doing now is I want to just go through, I just want to share one thought out of 1 Samuel chapter 4 and what has happened. So again, they fight the, the Philistines, they lose, they bring the ark of God out in front, and they lose again, and they lose the ark. And then not only that, then the, the, the high priest gets killed. The sons of the high priest gets killed. Uh, and, then, and then this woman, one of the wives of the sons of the high priest, is giving birth. She gives birth and dies. I mean, it's just death and destruction everywhere. It is complete and total defeat. And right before the woman dies, um, she says in, uh, forgive me for what verse, oh, 21... She names her son, 
and she names her son Ichabod. And Ichabod means the glory of God has departed. So basically, after all of this defeat, after all of these struggles and all of these things, at the end of the whole chapter, after everything, basically they feel like God has left them. That's how it feels. And they're in a place of great desperation. Amen? If you, I just want to say to you today that if you are in desperation, if you feel desperate right now, I'm going to say this to you. You are in the perfect place for a miracle. You're in a perfect place. As a matter of fact, in many ways, you need to get to that place of desperation so that God can actually do what he wants to do in your life, the miracle that he wants in your life. Because what happens when we're desperate? What is the, what is the whole thing? What, what really happens? Well, you know, if let's say you have a financial, you're desperate in finances. Maybe you're desperate because your relationship with your wife or your husband is not good. Maybe you're desperate because you've prayed so many times for your kids and your kids are, you know, maybe not in the place you want them to be. What you're doing is you're going through a series, a process. And in that process, you're trying everything you know. You're trying to do everything you can. So in business, if your business is failing, if you're struggling and you can't figure it out, you try something else, and then you try something else, and then you try something else. You, you keep trying, right? And, it, and let's say it just keeps failing. Boom, failure, 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 right? Guess what? Now you're in a place where you have no more options. Now you're in a place where you're finally... It can't be you. See, as I said, with the miracle, one of God's purpose with miracles is to reveal his glory to the earth. And if you can do it, how much glory does he get? You know, if I know the solution and I can do it, well, guess what? I did it. But if you... Can't, if you can't do it, if it's beyond your power, if it's beyond your ability, beyond everything you've tried, you're in a place of desperation. God wants to get you into that place of desperation. Why? We talk about it all the time. So you finally surrender and say, God, I can't do it. I need you. So if you're desperate this morning, guess what? Start celebrating. If you're desperate this morning, if you have, you know, desperation, the, the feelings of desperation are what? Like fear and worry and, and, and depression, you know, because you're in this place where you finally, like, I've tried everything. I've, I've chased after everything. Nothing. I, nothing. And you're getting, you should start celebrating. Now, I want to say that many people who call me in those places do not seem to be celebrating. But I want to encourage you that it's a great place to celebrate. Because now you're like, God can't do it anymore. Has to be you. And he's like, cool. Great. I mean, would you say that anyone who has a, a view of the eternal, a view and understands and has a dependency on the kingdom of God or the king of kings, knows the king of kings, are they worried? 
See, so if you're desperate, are you catching the connection now? Are you understanding what I'm talking about now? What's going on is this. God is bubbling up a lie that is within you. That's what's happening. A lie that you believe in is coming to the surface. That's why you're getting desperate. Because it's not working. You thought it was working, but it's not. And this is God's purpose in miracles. This is what he's looking for. God wants miracles so that the earth will see his glory, as I said before. You know, this is his whole point. So let's look. I just want to look at one simple passage and show you this so you understand. Because I'm going to read this long truth. God's miracles make the physical changes in situations. That's what God, the miracles of God, they, they change the situation, right? They do physical changes. But more importantly, God wants to change your understanding of the kingdom. This is what he's trying. Let me ask you a question. Here's the Israelites, right? They lose. They lose the battle. They lose the ark. They lose everything. They're all worried. Ichabod, they're all worried. That the, do you think God is worried about the Israelites? Do you think like, he's like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my people? He's, for, he's already given them the promise that they will be the joy of the whole earth. That through them, that everyone will see the, the glory of God. He is, see, when we, what happens is as we, as we, get desperate, it's what's going on is we're being, it's, it's being revealed to us that we are looking at the temporary. We're not looking at the eternal. We're looking at the situation right now rather than looking at the kingdom of God and what he has planned for. He said, though you die, you will live. Is it me? This is this excitement thing. See, I'm like, come on guys, let's go. Come on, let's realize that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that can harm you. He said, if you believe in me, you will, even if you die, you will still live. Why are you, why are we worried about the temporal when we know we're going to live forever? Am I the only one? Am I the only one getting excited here? Am I the only one catching this vision? Catching this truth? And so, In, 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 in verse 3 of chapter 4, he says, after the battle was over, this is the first battle, the troops returned to the camp and they said, why did God, why did the Lord allow us to be defeated? Now, come on, how many do that after a defeat? Why, God, why? We're not much different than these guys. Right? And they said, oh, wait a minute. I know what we'll do. Let's bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh, uh, Shiloh and... Um, Shiloh, sorry, and we carry it into battle for us. It will save us from our enemies. Oh, yeah, last time what we did, I know we did wrong. Last time we brought the ark out in front of us, and when we brought the ark out in front of us, the ark saved us. They actually were looking at the ark like it was a charm bracelet, you know, a charm bracelet, like some kind of like charm. As long as I flash this thing in front of you, you know, like you see in the movies with, you know, Dracula, you take out the, the cross and you, the cross will save us. That's what they were doing. That was a lie. That was a lie. 
And see, that was their last card. That was their last thing. See, they had a lie in them. See, let me just say that this is, the, if you're sleeping, if you haven't paid attention, if you don't understand what I've talked about, if you have no idea, this is it right here. Pay attention. After you get this truth, you go back to sleep, okay? Just, this is it right here. This is the one I've been like setting up to give you because this is the truth, okay? And the Bible says that the truth will set you free. Now, I lost, my, my, my iPad just like died, so I'm on my own now, okay? But I know the truth. God loves us too much to let us live in a lie. God loves us too much to let us live in a lie. See, they had a lie in them. And when you are getting desperate, that lie is coming up. It's bubbling up. It's becoming evident that that's what you're trusting in. And God wants to get rid of that lie in you, and he wants to reveal who he really is. And trust me, you know, like for example, okay, let's say you're in a relationship with an alcoholic. You know, and every night, every night, you know, that alcoholic comes home drunk, and he, he falls on the floor, and he, he throws up, and you pick him up, and you change his clothes, you clean the floor, you know, you know what they call you, Right? They call you an enabler. You're, and sometimes you're just as much as the problem as the person that has the alcohol problem. If you've ever dealt with this, it's the truth, right? Okay? God doesn't want to be an enabler. He wants to be an empowerer. See, he doesn't want to just enable you. So he doesn't want to just keep picking you up. So you're sitting there and you're praying for a miracle and God's looking at the lie. And he's saying, you know what? I'm going to get that lie out of you. Because when I do the miracle, I want to heal you. I want to heal you of your image of who I am. He wants to heal the image of who he is in you. See, you are looking, God, save me from this, this whatever it is. God, you know, my financial, I just take it away. God, is, he's not even thinking like that. He's like, you got to lie inside you. You don't know who I am. You don't understand the eternal. I need to do a miracle, but I got to rip that lie out of you so that you can actually see who I really am. So we have a, we have a, we have a two-year-old now that runs around in the house. Sometimes she runs around here. Not, no, no, no. Anyways. She loves cell phones. Right? She loves cell phones. So if you have your cell phone on the couch, you know, she like, she always, big smile runs on her face, boom, she grabs the cell phone, right? And she knows she's not supposed to have that, and she's, 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 got, she's got it in her hand, right? So you get up, you say, now, Nina, Nina, give me the phone back. And she just goes, oh, sure. No, absolutely not. Her first thing does is, I'm running, baby. I'm running. I'm running. And then you, I mean, she can't run very fast. You can catch her, right? You got her in the corner, right? And so you finally got her cornered. You say, give me that cell phone. And what does she say? Sure. Nope. <laughs> you literally, you have to, in a sense, you have to be a bit violent. You have to reach over, grab the phone, and pull it out of her hand. Does she like that? Does she rejoice when it happens? Nope. Think about it. Here you are carrying around a lie that you like holding on to. You like holding on to it, and God's saying, give me that lie. And you're like, no. And you're, 
And you're running. You're running. And he's like, I'm going to rip that lie out of your heart. When he does it, it can be very violent. And the only way he does it is what? He brings you to a place of desperation. He brings you to a place of finally realizing, I can't do it anymore. He corners you. He surrounds you. And he says, now I'm going to take that lie out of you. You don't want to get rid of it. But he takes it out. And finally, he heals you. And you see God for who he is. This is the truth. And so I just want you to know, if you're praying for miracles, God's probably praying, praying for a whole other thing in your life. He, he could do the miracle, nothing, nothing for him. He's not even worried about you. He already has you. You are already going to live forever. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. But he wants you to live in this earth in a whole other way. Remember the story? So, so this is, it's, I'll just tell you, I have four stories in my head. I'll give one. Remember the story of Acts chapter 2, or first chapter 1, where, where, where Jesus ascends into heaven. He leaves the, the, the apostles. You know, I, I, this is my picture. This is how I imagine it. Jesus goes to heaven. He says, go wait. Wait for the, the power. Wait for that miracle kind of thing, you know? And so, I don't know if you know it, but it was 10 days. They, they waited in the upper room for 10 days. And, and I can imagine the first day, you know, probably Peter. Peter's like, cool, God's going to move. Let's go, guys. Let's pray. Come on, God. We know you're alive. You know, blah, blah, blah. right? Just like me, I would do, right? And, and he would just, he would be, you know, day one goes by, nothing. Day two, Peter's like, where's the worship leader? Get the worship leader. I know every time we worship, God happens. You know, it happens. So he gets the worship leader. Come on, guys. We're going to sing all day. We're going to worship nonstop all day. You know, they're worshiping all day. They know the power is going to fall, blah, 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 blah. Nothing. And then they go. Ten days. Nothing. Nothing's happening. No power. No fall. That means it's nothing's happening. Nothing's happening yet, guys. Okay. <laughs> right? And then, and then, finally, on the 10th day, I think they're desperate. They're like, God, we've been praying for 10 days. They're looking for us. They're trying to kill us because that was happening, right? God, we need you if you don't move, right? And then God pours out power, and they see miracles. They are speaking in languages that they don't even know, right? And now, you do not see Peter going, cool miracle, huh? Cool miracle. Let me give you my testimony, my miracle that God can allow me to speak other languages that I've never learned before in my life, right? He never says anything about that. He says, this miracle is because of who he is. See, now they start glorifying God and they're able to show God to the world. When God does a miracle, he wants you to fully understand who he is. So then you give glory to the world uh, and you say it's him. Does that make sense? Are you catching this? You're catching this. So if you're in a place of desperation, you are in the perfect place for God to begin to heal you uh, to understand who he actually is. I'm going to just tell one, one story, and I just want to give God glory with this story, and then, then we're going to pray. And, that is, and, you know, I share personal things, and I hope you don't mind when I do that. Um, but basically, you know, we all have these 
big times. I, I've talked a lot about Nina. I want to talk about uh, like this building of what happened when, when the earthquake, you know, because we had a whole plan. We had our plan. It was all, we had a plan. Oh, and we were walking down that plan until the earth shook, you know, and then the earthquake and, you know, all of a sudden we can't even use the building. We can't find a place to go. We're, you know, we're in trouble, you know. But see, that was not my problem. My, my, my thing was, I was worrying. I was trying to do everything I possibly could think of to make sure, because when we couldn't use this building, we still had to pay the bills. And January 1st was a big day where we had to pay a big bill. And we didn't have the money, and so from November, and December, all those months, man, I mean, I was praying, but I was really more worrying. I was at a place where desperation. You know what? God came through. God took care of that bill, you know? And we still have other bills. And we still, you know, there's other bills. I don't tell you guys about this because I don't like to talk about that stuff. I want you to just enjoy God, you know? When, we, when, when you need to know, I'll tell you. <laughs> so... March was another big day with, with, with money. And, you know, I don't know if you remember, but I, did, made, I made a decision in January. I said, wow, God, you came through in a big way. So I have a choice now, God. I can worry from January till March, and then you can come through and do what you always do, and then I'll regret all the worry <laughs> and say, wow, I didn't even live life during that time, you know. Or I can just choose to believe, like what he was trying to teach me. He was trying to teach me this. I had a lie inside of me, and that lie was that, you know, I could do it through craftiness and through, you know, whatever I, you know, my ability. And so I just said, you know what, God? I choose to just trust you. And so from January to March, I was really calm. I, I, I slept well. I worked hard, but I just slept well. And I just said, God, it's your problem, not my problem. March came. God came through. And now I see God in a whole new way. For me. For me. So if today, if you're in a place of desperation, we're going to open up the altars and we're going to pray for miracles. But I want you to know that behind everybody praying for the very thing you're asking for, I'm going to be praying, God, reveal who you are. Reveal who you really are to everyone so they see that you are an eternal God, that you have such higher things in mind than we could ever have, that you have us so secure, so set for eternity, and we're worried about the temporal. Lord, reveal it to them. Okay? Now, before we open up the altars and pray for miracles, because I'm praying this month. It's going to be every Sunday we're going to be praying for miracles. Okay? So bring the ones that you can't do. Bring the ones that are beyond who you are. Bring the ones who are past the point of human effort because we want to see God amen before I do I just want to tell you that like next week we're going to do something a bit different so I really want to encourage you 
I know that you're from Bali. And Bali people are never on time. But I really want to encourage you to come on time next week because uh, we're going to be doing something different in our gathering. And if you come in halfway through, you, you might, uh, I'm not going to explain it six times. We're just going to do it. Um, so I really want to encourage you because my, my desire is to see God break out within us. Like where you don't have a prayer team praying for you. That you just start praying for each other. That we stop sitting just like this and me standing like this, but that we start walking around and praying for people. That we, we believe that God can work through anyone. And that means you. And you can pray for people. And I want to see that kind of environment. That's why we started our prayer thing in the back. But pretty soon... It won't be in the back. It won't be in the front. It will be you. That's my prayer. That's my desire. Okay? So I'm going to ask the worship, uh, the worship team, the, the prayer team to come forward. And, and Wes, if you could help us, Aaron, uh, some, some of the others. I would just want you to come forward. We want to pray for miracles. We're going to pray for miracles. So I'm going to ask that you all stand. And if you need prayer, uh, I want you to come forward. If you need a miracle... I want you to come forward. We're going to pray for that, okay? Uh, and I'll, 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 you know, I'll, I'll instruct that in a minute. But I want to do one more. It's just who I am. If you believe that God can use you to pray for people, if God can use through go through you, you can pray for someone. And, and they can see a miracle. You don't have to be on this team. I want you to come forward. And I want you to pray for people. If someone's praying for them, place your hand on the back. I want to see people knowing that the Spirit of God is within them and that Lord, the Lord will break out through them. Amen? So we're going to sing a song. And if you need prayer for a miracle, one that you're desperate, if you're desperate, if you're feeling depression or you're feeling like you need a healing inside or a financial, whatever it is, whatever it is, we want to pray for you. So I'm going to want you to come.